It's a 13 part series. That's quite a lot that we've discussed. Two weeks ago, we looked at joyful, joyful disposition under our series, um, Fruitfulness by Sanctification. We, we've been looking at fruitfulness in different angles, and then we looked at last two weeks, Fruitfulness by joy, Joyful Disposition, and we also had a look at fruitfulness through kindness. So, um, we had our night vigil last Friday, and today he did mention that we're going to be looking at you know, divine aspect of fruit, fruitfulness. And today, we're going to have a look at fruitfulness by divine creativity. Can we repeat it after me? Fruitfulness by divine creativity. One more time. One more time. Now, I want you to say after me, I am a person of power. I am a person of purity. I am a person of purpose. I am a person of prosperity. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So we're going to look at fruitfulness by divine creativity. And I want to thank Pastor for this privilege again to bring this word to us this morning. Hmm. This is a very heavy one to deliver. There's quite a number of things here that the Lord wants us to look into this morning. And I just pray that at a time within the brief moment that we have, you know, when you have your Bible and microphone, I hope you know one hour can be very brief. <laughs> Hallelujah. One hour can be very, very brief. So we're going to look at divine creativity. How we can be fulfilled through divine creativity. Let's look at our opening scripture. We have two anchor scriptures. John chapter 15 verse 16 that talks about bearing fruit. And then 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And verse 23 and 24. The Bible says, 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. The Bible says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now verse 24 says, He who calls you, 24, is faithful who also will do it. Who will do it? Who will do it? Hallelujah. So the Bible says, now I want you to follow me and rebuke every distraction this morning. Distraction of bills and money, whatever distraction, I want to... You've not done it. I want you to rebuke distraction. Say it. Say every distraction I rebuke you this morning. In the name of Jesus. And I concentrate. Nothing takes my mind off this world this morning. Because you see, over this one hour, it might just be a split second or a minute that your word will drop. What if you're distracted at that point? It might just be a minute. Because God doesn't take... I hope you, you know he doesn't live in time. He lives in eternity. So he doesn't take, you know, a whole one hour to bring a word to an individual. It might just be a split second, it drops. If you miss it, that's it. You've wasted the whole of today. Even though you are in service. So we were in night vision last Friday and Pastor Lola came to lead a prayer. The first, the very few words she said gave me a very strong inspiration and I picked my phone and put it down. What if I was distracted at that point? Now the person communicating would not know when your word has come to you. He doesn't know. He's just there to disseminate information according to how the Holy Ghost has downloaded it in his or her mind. 
on spirit. So please just ensure you're not distracted this morning. Now the Bible says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless. It said, let the God of peace sanctify you completely. Completely. Because if your spirit and soul, let me not go to the body. But let's just dwell with the spirit and soul this morning because we're dealing with divine creativity. Fruitfulness by divine creativity. Now, if your spirit and soul is not sanctified by God, you will find it difficult to pick divine signals. If your spirit and soul is not sanctified, purified by God, you find it difficult to pick divine signal. Because you see, divine creativity is not in the realm of man. It's not where? It's not in the realm of man. It's not. When Joseph was brought out of prison, this is just a reference scripture. Don't bring it. We didn't, I, I didn't give that scripture. When Joseph was brought out of prison, the Bible says, and Pharaoh said to him, I had a dream. He gave him the dream. He said, I've also heard that you interpret dreams. But you see, he has not heard that he can interpret that particular dream. So he heard that he interpret dreams. It's a generic in observation that you interpret dreams. But that particular one, Pharaoh has not heard. That Joseph can interpret it. But then the Bible says, I think the 16th verse of 41st chapter of Genesis. The 15th verse, Joseph says something to Pharaoh. He said to him, it is not in me. It is not where? In me. To give Pharaoh an interpretation of this dream. But, he said, God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. So that tells you straight away that divine creativity does not dwell within the realm of man. Because Joseph said, my totality, if you search my totality, you won't find an answer to this dream. But then, if you look for my totality, in a certain spirit realm where God dwells. Then he says, you will then find an answer of peace. So that was why when he stood to dish out economic recovery plan through that dream, Pharaoh said, who is as wise and discreet as this man? He said, Mm-mm. he is the only one that can implement this idea. Because the idea is not from human. It's not resident within the realm of humanity. No. It's resident in a climb. In a climate. In a realm. Where no man. All through scripture you find it. The idea is not resident anywhere. The Bible says when Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, chapter 2 of Daniel, I'm coming to the scripture I gave us, I I think the Holy Ghost is just taking me a little bit tangential. Now, the Bible says, and Daniel was told. Then, when the astrologers, the magicians, these guys, they deal with the realm of the spirit. I want you to understand that. But the Bible says, when they were summoned by Nebuchadnezzar, he said, if you don't tell me this dream, I'm going to slaughter all of you. They said, let me, before we go to what we have today, let me just read it to you. 
for you to know that what we're going to deal with, you need to ask God today to help you. You need to ask God today to help you. Daniel chapter 2, and if you look at the 10th verse, Daniel chapter 2, I didn't give the scripture to media, but if you can help bring it, Daniel chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. The Bible said, the Chaldeans answered the king, verse 10, and said, there is not a man on earth. These guys deal with the realm of the spirit. I want you to understand the angle where they're coming from. These are magicians, astrologers, people that use, you know, divinations and necromantic, you know, ways, sorcery ways to find out about things. They now said, even with that realm that they occupy, plus their humanity, he said, the Chinese answered the king and said, there is not a man on earth who can tell the king's matter. Therefore, no king, lord, or ruler has ever asked such things of any magician, astrologer, or Chaldean. Number 11 says, it is a difficult thing that the king requests. Hmm. And there is no other who can tell it to the king. Watch this. Except the gods whose dwelling is not with flesh. He said there is no other who can tell it to the king except the gods whose dwelling is not with flesh. Except the gods whose dwelling is not with flesh. So they're telling um, Nebuchadnezzar that this thing you're asking for, if you search it in the realm of humanity, if you search it in the first, second, and third dimension of the realm of the spirit, he said, you won't find it. You find it beyond the third realm. And that is where God dwells. He said, that's where you find this thing. And he said, this thing can only be revealed by someone who's dwelling. Has no business with carnality. Has no business with iniquity. Has no business with sin. Someone whose business is only on the throne. The Bible says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide. He will say of the Lord, He will begin to dish out things based on the information He gets from the throne. Hmm. David said in Psalm 16. He said, I have set the Lord. I think the 6th verse or the 7th verse. He said, I have set the Lord before me. I have set the Lord. I was trying to understand what David meant. He said, I have set the Lord before me. And the Holy Ghost said to me, he said, watch what he said. I have set. Meaning, is fixed in a position. He has fixed the Lord in a position in his life. Anywhere he goes, so far his image, so far David is there as an individual, the Lord is before him. So what does that mean? Ah, The more I look at him, because he sat before me, and it was David who said, I, not his wife, not his children, you see, so when it comes to the things of the spirit, I cannot stand for my wife. She can't stand for me. You can't stand for your brother. He said, I have set the Lord myself. I'm the one that decided to live this life. I've set the Lord before me. So anything that is in him must, must find expression in me. That's what it means. So if there's weakness in me, his strength brings death to that weakness. That's what it means. If there's death in me, the life in him brings life to that death. That's what it means. I've said the Lord before me. So anything that I see becomes who I am. Anything that I see in him becomes who I am. Anything I see in him becomes who I am. If, if I see in him that with a word he cast out devil, ah, 
when next the devil comes around, I know there's a law before me. And one of the things he does to demons is to cast them with a word go. And I can say the same thing and it will happen. Hmm. It is not in the realm of human. That's why I say the Lord has to sanctify you, your spirit, your soul completely. Completely, if it's partial, there will still be a barrier. Completely, so that you can see beyond the realm of humanity. Mm. That's what the Bible says. If we go to um, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15. 2 Timothy 2 and verse 15. Hmm. The Bible says 2 Timothy 2.15 Be diligent to present yourself approved to God. A worker who does not need to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth. A worker who does not need to be ashamed? Be diligent to present yourself approved. You see that? That each time you present yourself, you must, you must be, you must present yourself approved. So that's where that sanctification of the soul and spirit is very, very vital. It said, be diligent. So it's not a lazy man's work. It's not a lazy man's work. To come before the Lord and have results spiritually. No, no, no. It says, be diligent to present yourself approved to God. A worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly, dividing the word of truth. You know why? God's inspired word is the only conclusive source of wisdom. Only conclusive source of understanding. Only conclusive source of knowledge. God's inspired word. Concerning any ultimate reality in life, God's inspired word, that's why he said be diligent to present yourself approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly, rightly dividing or applying or expressing the word. That he has in him. Because the word. You see. Is the fountainhead. Of freeing truth. The Bible said in John 8.32. It said thou shalt know the truth. You. And the truth you know. Is what makes you free. So if you're looking for. An idea. Mm, the Bible said thou shalt know. An idea will come through the word if you sit down with this word because it's the fountainhead of freeing truth in fact one of my um bible comments calls it a gold mine for practical principles of life a gold mine of practical principles for life you shall know the truth and that truth becomes an inspiration becomes an idea becomes an innovation that truth you know becomes the courage that sets you free from that fear that truth you know you know becomes the the the, the wisdom that sets you free from ignorance that truth you know becomes the health that sets you free from any ill health condition. Because the Bible says, they are life unto those that find them. Unto those that find. So you need to look for it. That's why I say be diligent. Be diligent. It's life to those that find them. And then it's a health to all. Their flesh. So it will do something. You see, when it says health to all the flesh, it's not just it's not just giving you physical health condition. Remember, when worry as a result of lack comes to you, it affects your emotion, it affects your physical health. So when the Bible says 
is held to their flesh, it also means it can give you idea that will bring finances so that your emotion can be rest, can have rest. Yes. Are you blessed? Hallelujah. Now the Bible says you have to be diligent to present yourself approved to God. Now if you look at Psalms 19 Psalms 19 please if you look at verse 7 Psalms 19 and verse 7. The Bible says, the law of the Lord is what? Is what? What does that tell you? You can stake your life on it. It tells you that you can stake your life. Listen, if you've ever applied the word on anything and it doesn't work, check. The problem is not the word. It's within is within. Something is choking the expression of that word. Hmm. Because you see, he sent his word. He sent it raw. And that word is perfect. That he sends. But you see, the vessel that can release it, can corrupt it. It can change the status of that word. The Bible says, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure. It's giving you the characteristics of the word. It's sure, making wise the simple. Making wise. Making wise. Bringing wisdom to your life. Is that divine creativity there? Is that? It's a making wise the simple. Verse 8 said the, the status of the Lord are right. Rejoice in the heart. He's giving you the threats and the qualities and features of the word of God. He said the status of the Lord are right. Rejoice in the heart. Because if the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, then it must be the world that will bring that source of joy. Because the Bible says the status of the Lord are right. Rejoicing. Rejoicing in the heart. So it tells you that that joy in the Holy Ghost, the Bible says that's the conclusion of the kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. If there must be that joy there, we discussed joy last two weeks, joyful disposition. If there must be that joy, say the source is what? The word of God. The Bible says the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord, verse 9 says, is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true. So even the word can bring judgment. It's telling you number one is perfect. Number two is sure. That means it's guaranteed and established. Number three is telling you that it's right. It cannot be wrong. Number four is telling you it's enlightening. You can see that that prayer that we normally make every Sunday. That Paul said, since I heard of you, I have not stopped giving thanks to the Father and the Lord Jesus, uh, the, to, the, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It says that he may give to you the spirit of wisdom and what? Revelation. He said that the eye of your understanding being being enlightened. It didn't say become enlightened. Catch it. It's a being. It's a progressive process. So without the word, that prayer will be defeated. Don't you pray it? Because the Bible says, the Bible says here that the judgment, uh, it said the commandment of the Lord is pure enlightening the eyes enlightening so when the bible says being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling it means that you need to spend time here that's what it means that enlightenment can come in every form 
divine creativity is one of those enlightenments. It can drop something of gold. In, in fact, the Bible says, receive instruction from his mouth, I pray thee. It said, because he said, he said, he said, um, receive instructions from his mouth and honor these instructions more than gold and choice silver. Proverbs chapter 8. It said, more than gold and choice silver. You know why? Because the gold and the silver is within that world. The Bible says, if you, if you acquaint yourself with the Lord, it says, you will lay the gold as dust. And you lay it as the stones of the brooks, the Bible says. Can we just pray in a few seconds? Lord, I'll give attention to your word from this day. I'll give attention. Can we just pray for 30 seconds? Lord, everyone here will begin to give attention to your word. In the name of Jesus. He said, the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. That same 19 and the ninth verse, 19 and verse 9. He said, the judgments of the Lord are true. So the word is judged. You know why? You know why he said the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether? Because in the other realm, there's always a judgment that comes against you as a believer. Hmm. The Bible says, no weapon formed against you shall. What? What does that tell you immediately? That weapons are always formed, targeted against you. Then it said, if any tongue shall rise in what? So that tells you, if there's no counter word, it would, it would prosper. So it tells you that that weapon is in form of judgment that comes through words. Sponsored by some demonic powers to come. It doesn't matter whether it's UK or US. See, Jesus was not in Africa. I want you to know he cast a lot of devils. Yes, he did. <laughs> he was not in any nation in Africa. But he was forbidden to go to Africa. <laughs> According to scripture. So there are tongues that rise in judgment. There are tongues that rise. The Bible said, the thief cometh not, but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So, if you have any substance, any treasure, and you do, because the Bible said, there's a treasure in your 18 vessel, this, this, this body. So, if there's a treasure, just know that there is attack every time coming against you. Hmm. Okay. Now, I just want us to, the Bible says, this word. Now, if we jump to verse 10, it says, More to be desired are dead than gold. Yea, than much fine gold. It says, Sweeter also than honey. And the honeycomb. Then, by, it said, verse 11, it said, Moreover, by them, your servant is what? Warned. Verse 11. Verse 11, media, please. Verse 11. Thank you. Moreover, by them, your servant is what? Warned. By them, your servant is what? Listen. This warning here. By them. By the word of God. By the word of God. Your servant is warned. It's not just warning you against sin. Part of this warning can be an instruction to avert an impending doom that is oncoming. Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit shall come, he said, he shall, give, he shall tell you all things. And he would reveal to you things to come. The Bible said, by it, your servant, your servant, not just a believer, I want you to understand this, not just a believer, your servant believer, the believer who subscribes to the submission and obedience of your commands, of your word. Your servant, the one that is influenced by your word. The one that has no separate life from what your word says. If he sees it in the word, he subscribes and that becomes his lifestyle. It's a, your servant. 
is warned by them. Hmm. When there was impending doom coming to Jesus, because the Bible said Joseph was a devout man, so he had some relationship with the Lord. The Bible says he was a man that was devout, you know, and issued evil. That is Joseph in Matthew chapter 2. The Bible says an angel of the Lord came and warned him and said, take your child and your wife. Move to another location. God can warn you that business you're about to enter into. No, no, no. Don't go into it because if you do, it will crash your life. By them, your servant, as you're studying and meditating, all of a sudden something pops, an instruction. By them, your servant is warned. And in keeping them, what happens? There is a great reward. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I just wanted to show you something, something, something this morning. Um, media, we're going to jump the next scripture there because of time. And let's go to John chapter 9. Let's go to John chapter 9, please, because of our time. John chapter 9 and verse 1. I want to show you something about divine creativity. It starts with the word. If you don't have the word, forget it. Because the realm of this creativity is not with man. It's not. It's not with man. I've shown you now that it's impossible to be with man. It's not. Hmm. So the world is what will transform you and make you a different individual. And brings you to that throne room. Where the Bible says the spirits of just men are made perfect. Now the Bible says, John chapter 9 and verse 1. Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. Hmm. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Who, who is the sinner here? Why did this man born, not that he became blind after birth, the man was born blind. That means he was blind from birth. Mm. Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be another version says should be displayed in him in fact amplified says should be displayed and illustrated in him so god occasioned this i want you to get something this morning if that's the only thing you get today i i, I can guarantee you'll be blessed the bible says ah, That this man was born blind. And God was the one that created this man. And he allowed blindness. Not that some kind of strange forces made him blind. Uh -uh. This man was born blind. And Jesus says. Remember Jesus. <laughs> he's part of the creation of this man that we're talking about here. You know that? So the Bible says, there's nothing made that was made except through the word. And Jesus is the living word we're talking about. So Jesus knew about the formation of this man. And Jesus said to them, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be displayed in him. In other words, God can orchestrate a situation to make a certain individual arise in life. God can put something just to give an opportunity to somebody who is willing to go all out with him. God is able to use a situation to, you know, raise a man. 
That's what the Bible says. He's the only one that can raise the poor from the dunghill. He's the only one that can raise the, the beggar out of the dust. Because in that situations, if that beggar can align to it, God can raise him and make him dine with the kings. Ah. Jesus now said, look at what Jesus said. Jesus now said, I must walk the works of him who sent me while it is day. He said, the night is coming when no man can walk. He said, the night is coming when no man can walk. He said, I must walk the works of him. There are a lot of things that I've been scheduled to do. This individual, if you look at another um, translation, they say that the works, it says, it says there that the works of God might, a lot of versions say might be revealed in him. Now Jesus said, now that this opportunity has been here, no one has taken advantage knowing that this situation was orchestrated, that God should use it to lift an individual. Or to make someone influential in a city. No one took advantage. And I said, I must walk the works of him who sent me while it is day. He said, the night is coming when no one can walk. See, brother, sisters, I want to tell you something. No matter the anointing, no matter the knowledge you have, you are scheduled to display and express that knowledge. If you miss it within your time frame, no matter how strong you are, you can no longer do it again. Because Jesus said the night is coming. For every individual, the night is what? No matter who, the Bible says, Jesus said the night is coming. So that's why he said I must, must. Because if I do not work according to my schedule, if the night meets me, I won't be able to deliver what God wants to deliver through me. It's just like being in a football match. You are playing against an opposition team, right? Now, the Bible, now if, uh, I, I want to say the Bible says, now, if you waste that 90 minutes, you are scheduled to deliver your victory within the 90 minutes. That's what I'm trying to explain to you here. Jesus said, I must work the works of him. I must work the works of him so you're scheduled the earlier you get into the world, into a relationship with Jesus Christ, into a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit, so that he can download in you and, and allow you to find expression, allow those things to find expression within the time you're scheduled to deliver your mandate on earth. If Jesus tarries, the, the better. Because the time is limited. Jesus said the night is coming. And when that night comes for an individual, he can no longer deliver that function anymore. It says, when no man, the night is coming, when no man can walk. Now look at this. Jesus now said, um, Jesus now said, verse 5, verse 5 please, Jesus now said, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. He said, when he had said these things, he spat on the ground. Look at this. He said, as long as I am in the world, I want you to catch this. He said, I am the light of the world. Based on the inspiration from that light. Listen. No one, check all through the scripture, has ever spat on the ground before. I make clay. Now, out of the light that is in him, inspiration rose up. He said, as long as I am in this world, within the confines of my schedule to deliver my responsibility, according to God's design, he said, I am the light of the world. And do you know, you can say that as long as I am in this world, you can say it. That I am the light. You can say it. You can say that as long as I am in this world, I am the light of the world. Because Jesus said, you are the light of the world. The city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. He said, who can light up candle and put it under a bushel? But it will be 
on top of the lampstand that will give light to everyone in the house. Hallelujah. And he said, if anyone follows me, what did he say? He would never huh? walk in darkness. Thank you, Pastor Lola. He would never walk in darkness. In other words, if you follow him, you can also say, ah, Ah, you can say you can say I am the light you can say it you can come to someone that is sick and in your mind you are saying I am the light of the world I am the light as long as I am here I am light here and darkness won't find expression and all of a sudden what to do because these things comes by time and they are specific. They are specific. I remember the very first guy that I prayed for as a student to receive the Holy Ghost. The instruction was specific. What to do. What song to sing. Not just anything. I went to pray for another person and began with that song. The Holy Ghost said, not that one. Stop. Because it's specific. The Bible says, and when he has said these things, he spat on the ground, made clay with the saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he now said to him, go, wash in the pool of Siloam, ah, which is translated sent. Hmm. The Bible says, so he went and washed and came back saying, the Bible said the Siloam, this Siloam is actually the pool of Shiloh. If you look at, you know, um, um, Isaiah chapter 8 verse 6, it's the pool of Shiloh. The Bible said that's a river that flows in that Shiloh. The Bible says it's a river that's so mighty and powerful. It's talking about God. The Bible says this Siloam is translated sent. Ah. And the Bible says, Jesus said, as my father has sent me, even so, so you are the sent one. Ah, that means that Siloam can be translated to be a believer who understands his function. The Bible says Jesus said, go, wash in that Siloam. Go, when you meet a believer who has my spirit, something will change in your life. You will not remain the same. He said, go and wash. The Bible says, he went. Hmm washed an encounter brethren it's not good for someone to have an encounter with you and his life or her life still remains the same Mm -mm. it's not according to scripture it's not when even when this when this um pool was was kind of like in shambles if you go back to nehemiah the bible says it was repaired. It was called the pool of Selah. There. It was repaired. So if anything needs repairing in your life, to be able to ensure that anyone that meets you have, would have a definite encounter, you must activate that today. He said that Siloam is translated sent. If anyone meets you at a point of need, there should be a divine creativity that should come out of you to respond to that individual. You know, when someone meets you and tells you anything, if you are loaded with the word, immediately you can do a spiritual diagnosis to know what the issue is. Immediately. Just like, you know, the doctor. Have you, have you gone to a doctor who says he's a qualified medical practitioner? After telling him everything that's wrong with you, he doesn't know the solution. Huh? Uh-huh. So, when someone comes to you, it comes to you as a spiritual doctor. It tells you this and this and this and this is happening to me. And you cannot diagnose what the issue is. Ah, because there's no word. Jesus said if they miss it, if they go wrong, it's because they do not know the scripture. They do not know the scripture. The Bible says immediately. And then, if you look at verse 8, the Bible says, therefore, verse 8, therefore, the neighbors and those who previously 
has had seen that that he was blind said is not this he who sat and begged some said this is he others said he is like him he said i am he in fact another version say he insisted i am he to tell you that i've had an encounter with someone that carries god i met a seal of myself i met someone that carries elohim so when someone has met you and has had an encounter there will be an express you know transformation that is very obvious to everybody and when they see the person they said is he is he not so if after someone has met you came back they recognize that person immediately uh-uh. there is an issue there hmm 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 Let me show you. You know, the Bible said out of two witnesses, right? The truth is established. Can we look at 2 Kings? 2 Kings, where, you know, Pastor Lola read so powerfully in the morning. Okay, before then, let's, let's look at 2 Kings chapter 6 first. Let's look at 6. 2 Kings 6. Let's look at 2 Kings 6. I don't think I, I captured the scripture. Yeah, leave, leave that one. Leave, leave 2 Kings 5, 14 to, to 15 there. But just leave it. Um, we're just going to... We're just going to look at 2 Kings chapter 6. Okay, before we, before we do that, let, let's, let's read what is on screen. The Bible says in 2 Kings chapter 5 and verse 14. So, this is about, you know, um, um, the, 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 the man from, from, from Syria now. The, 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 the man that had, you know, leprosy. The Bible says, so he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child. And he was clean. The Bible said in verse 15. And he returned to the man of God, he and all his aides, and came and stood before him. And he said, Indeed now I know that there is no God in all the earth, in all the earth, except in Israel. Now therefore please take a gift from your servant. Now I want you to know, the same way Jesus sent that man to Go and wash in the pool of Siloam. It's the same way that they pointed, you know, a Naaman to Elisha. And when he encountered Elisha, his life turned around. So if anyone encounters you as a believer, that person's life should be changed 360 degrees. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now look at 2 Kings chapter 6, chapter 6 and verse 4. The Bible says when they went on, they wanted to go do something right and to expand where they were living i didn't give that scripture uh, uh, so forgive me for that now the bible says in verse 4 um they persuaded elisha of course to went down with them to go down with them brother and the bible says so he went down he went with them verse 4 and when they came to the jordan they cut down trees verse 5 says but as one was cutting down a tree the iron axe head fell into the ground and he cried out and said alas master for it was borrowed so the man of god said where did he fall and he showed him the place so he cut off a stick and threw it in there and he made the iron float therefore he said pick it up for yourself so he reached out his hand and took it now i want you to understand what happened here an axe head is made of iron. It fell into the water, deep down. I believe there was some sort of ocean or river or something around where they were cutting the trees. The thing fell down. The man of God, the Bible calls him man of God. You know, these days we have God of men. We're not talking about God of men. Those ones 
who have founded churches and they mount the pulpit, but they are not even born again. It's not the, those ones we're talking about. Talking about man of God. The one you can believe in and you will prosper. The Bible says you believe in God, you'll be established. You believe also in his prophets. You trust in his prophets. His prophets, not their own, you know, not prophet of their belly, but his, God's prophet. He said then, you will be successful. That's how the Bible put it. He said you will succeed, you will prosper. So the thing I'm teaching you this morning, if you believe it, go and practice it, and you will succeed in life. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, he said, where did it fall? And he showed him the place. So, he cut off a stick, threw it in. I said to you, you see, when you are a saint one, when you have become that pool of Siloam, huh, results would always come when issues come to you. He said, where did he fall? And the Bible said, and he showed him the place. So he cut off a stick. That stick was looking at the man who lost the ass. But he didn't know because the solution, divine creativity is not from the common realm. No. It's not. The Bible says he cut off that stick. Threw it in where he failed. And the Bible says, the iron head defiled the law of gravity. It flew from the bottom to the top. And he said, pick it up. Solution. Mm. Let's look at Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Again, we're going to round up very shortly. Acts 2. The Bible says, I'm not going to read everything in there, but I just want to read a few things there. Acts 2. The Bible says something. Hmm. Can we look at verse, verse 7? Let's just look at 7. Okay, let's let, let's read from oh yeah, let's read from seven. The Bible said, then they were all amazed. If you go back a little bit, you know what happened in Acts chapter two, where the Holy Ghost fell and they had you know um, cloven tongues of fire or divided tongues as of fire that sat upon each of them, and the Bible said they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And then they were dwelling there in Jerusalem, you know, devout men from every nation and under heaven. And uh, the Bible said, when this sound occurred. The multitude came together and were confused because everyone had, you know, was speaking in his own language. And then verse seven, then the Bible says, "Then they that were, they were, then they were all amazed and marvelled, saying one to another, Look, are these are all these not? Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language?" in which you were born. Do you know what that means to you? Now, they were confused because they could hear what everyone was saying. But they didn't know that in the realm of the spirit there was an influence upon their lives. There was a hidden virtue called the cloven tongues of fire that was on those guys speaking. So there was an influence that were invisible to these guys who could hear. That's why, when anyone comes to you, can he understand what you're saying in his or her situation? Can he hear the sound of your words to mean a solution to the problem and issues that is going through in life? He said they all here. They, you know, the Bible said they were, you know, Persians and Medes and Elamites and all that dwell in Mesopotamia. All of them were hearing in the language they were born. When someone with financial issue comes, as you speak, will he understand? Will he see a solution out of that financial issue through your counsel? Will the sick hear heal it in his body through your language? 
when you confuse, get direction through your language as you cancel. Marital, you know, homes that are having marital issues, would they find, you know, peace and direction in their marriage through your counsel? With everyone that comes to you, no matter what the situation is, that represents these individuals that spoke different languages, but they all heard solutions. They all heard a clear interpretation of their own native language in these words that the apostles spoke. Because these words don't dwell in the realm of humanity. They don't. Now finally, finally if we look at where Pastor Lola read as we close. If we look at where Pastor Lola read very powerfully in the morning our Bible reading in 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings 4. If we look at that place, my emphasis here is from is from 29. We all read that scripture in the morning, but because of time now, we don't have time anymore. We just want to read 29, you know, to you know, I'll, I'll jump some scriptures. Just follow me. Now the Bible said, then he said to Gehazi, verse 29, 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 29. Then he said to, to Gehazi, get yourself ready and take my staff in your hand and be on your way. If you meet anyone, do not greet him. If anyone greets you, do not answer him. But lay my staff on the face of the child. Do you know what he was telling him? Do you know what he was telling him? Do you know why he said, don't greet? As you go, Look in words. you find inspiration. As you go, if there's something in your spirit, get it out. So that before you get there, you get the direction of what to do. That's, what he was, that's why he said, don't be distracted. Wasn't telling him to keep an image on the way, but don't be distracted. Look in words. There's a challenge now. It's time to look in words, to, you know, to, to generate a solution as you journey to that issue. Now, the Bible says, and uh, and the mother of the child, verse 30, and the mother of the child said, As the Lord lives, and as, a, as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So he arose and followed her. Verse 31, Now Gehazi went on ahead of them and laid the staff on the face of the child, but there was neither voice nor hearing. Therefore, he went back to him and told him, saying, The child has not awakened. Hmm. This scripture, read it again when you get home. 31. It should make you weep. That this man had no remorse. In fact, it didn't mean anything to him that he had no results. Mm. Now, when Elisha came into the house, Elisha followed. When he got into the house, there was 32. There was a child. There was a child lying dead on his bed. Now look at this. Look at divine creativity. Verse 33. He went in, therefore, shut the door behind the two of them. That's the first principle Jesus gave you. When you want to do anything that requires divine creativity, divine inspiration, because as a spirit, a man, only the inspiration of the Almighty is what gives it understanding. He said, go into your little room, shut the door behind you. After you've shut the door, he said, then speak to the Father who says in secret. He did that, and then the Bible says, and when he went up, and, okay, verse 33. And when he went in, therefore, shut the door behind the two of them and prayed to the Lord. And when he, and he went up and lay on the child and put his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes, and his hands on his, on his hands, and he, stretched, and he stretched himself out on the child, and the flesh of the child became warm. The Bible says, verse 35, he returned and walked back and fought in the house, and again he went up and stretched himself out on, the, on him. Then the child sneezed seven times and the child opened his eyes. And he called the one that couldn't get results and said, take this child. While he was pacing up and down, he had shut the door, pacing the room, he got inspiration. He's never done that before. Just like pastor told you that he was in the bathroom. And then he got, he had, he's gotten a job, they've given him a job. Right? He has spoken very big English. You know, he speaks English. And they gave him the job, but he didn't really have the direction. And while he was there, showering, he got it. Consolidate, explore, and expand. It's not in the realm of humanity, brother. Brethren, it's not there. So when Elisha was pacing, you know, 
up and down the inspiration came stretch yourself now on this child put your eyes on his eyes put your hand on his hand put your leg on his leg and speak this child will come back to life it was inspiration that came to elisha hmm hmm if you go to the next chapter you find out why the staff did not work in the hand of gehazi there was iniquity in what his heart that was why it didn't work if you go to the scripture you find out that divine inspiration when peter had left the realm of that you know that, that human realm he got to another realm he made the same man he used to pass at the gate called beautiful he said today i have a divine inspiration here that's a spirit in me that's come alive silver and gold i do not have but today there's something within that i have that i can give out to you but unfortunately today a lot of believers in church they give the silver and gold they don't have something within can you rise up to your feet well,